0: everybody this is Fullerton FC um, with your hosts Christopher Bedolian and my brother over here this is Alan Bedolian yep. uh, thank you for uh, for joining us yeah it means a lot thank you yeah. guys for coming how are you feeling today
1: uh, you know uh, I said last time I was I was feeling pretty tired I might be more tired today. <laughs> I might be more tired um soccer wise and just we went on a hike um, we went on a hike at uh, a local park our local canyon. And I think that is a good metaphor for, for how a lot of these teams must be feeling at this stage of the tournament.
0: Just At this stage of everything, like these players have not stopped playing football ever for so long. Yeah, um, we had we had the COVID pause, of course. But since the, you know, the end of the COVID pause in the leagues, they've been playing nonstop twice a week most times they must be burnt
1: out yeah i mean you look at um the the british the premier league teams having having issues in the champions league a lot of the time just because of the amount of rotation they have to do because of the games that they play and this is it's almost like that times 100 right now yeah
0: i yeah. think i think there's a
1: grind and yeah these guys are getting i tough. mean a lot of these players that that we're watching too i mean shout out happy birthday uh to our main man leo Oh um, <laughs> no
0: Messi's Turns thirty four. Wow! My God, thirty four years old. I feel um, old. Him and Ronaldo, best players on the planet right now, maybe of all time, maybe of all we've ever seen. My God. Did they, you watch the video of? of I I saw. His happy present. birthday! They said happy birthday to him in in his bed,
1: and they brought him. They
0: give him like Adidas bags. Interesting presents in Adidas bags, um, yeah. And did you see at the end like Aguero is like shooting yeah. them away? <laughs> He's like, guys, he has to sleep. <laughs> He's a machine. Um. We got experienced Aguero there helping out
1: Messi, but... I hear also every day he's reminding him to... Please don't leave. Uh, Please don't leave, Barca. Yeah, but... Please,
0: I came here for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, these players are getting older, man. It's... 34 it's, years it's old. I can't believe it. Yeah, he, and Ronaldo even more. They've dominated the stage 30,
0: for I've so been, long.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, with those types of players, the, the talent is always there, but it's just so annoying to see it's like you're we are we angry cuz we we don't want it to end the era of just brilliance from from Messi running down the the flank oh, of Atletico God. or Ronaldo um just towering over every Juve defender in the entire galaxy whoever played for them
0: mm-hmm. just and personally I'm a Ronaldo man yeah I have been me too. my whole life pretty much we we know, share since, that in common I think and one of the know, few things you know I still both players are so good and we're blessed to have these two beasts you know in the ring together for you know this amount of time i think we should all consider ourselves ourselves lucky to to be able to witness this spectacle this is like a once in a lifetime um experience that we've all you know been able to share together yeah as people as humans
1: yeah i think Ronaldo. um you know, and we, we can only have one of them for for the Euros, which is what we we like mm-hmm. to focus on here, and and we'll take Ronaldo, um, both of us, <laughs>
0: but not to say that I mean Messi, but talk, we get Messi talk, in play. Copa, he's looking to win his first international trophy. I hope he does. We'll Keep an eye out. We I really that. hope he does. He deserves it. Um, I know that's a big talking point of Ronaldo versus versus Messi. Oh, Ronaldo has an international trophy. Um, I'm a Ronaldo guy, but. I want both players to succeed as much as they can Yeah, it got um, at, from a neutral perspective, club-wise. It gets tough for Messi Argentina with mm-hmm. some of those
1: um, lineups, but they should be in a good position now. Yeah,
0: I, I feel good about them. But we'll be watching
1: Copa America for we sure. Will, but not today. Today, we are talking Euro, Euro, Euro,
0: Morada, Morada, Morada. No, I don't want to talk about Morada. <laughs> I, I mean... We'll, yeah, we'll be dissecting the rest of the group stage games, yes. looking forward to the round of 16 games. Yeah. There are some great fixtures here. Um, so, you know, let, let's get into it. Um, so so right now we'll be looking at the group stage games. We'll probably jump around between teams. And predictions here of the and future, there. Um, talk about our uh, ideas of how coaches are doing, how teams are doing. Um, overall, the state of the tournament right now. So, yeah, get into it. This is Fullerton FC. Check it out. okay let's get started on some group a action on sunday italy played wales and at the same time switzerland plays turkey just as it works for every group they'll play each other at the same time um, to keep any bias from the other result affecting the game Mm -hmm. it's one of the things that the euros does right yeah i thought i think
1: that was a great idea one other thing that they don't do right is the uh the layout
0: yeah, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the group stages where we have some Sorry. issues. Sorry, yes. All right. um, but let's get to it. So let's Italy see. played Wales on Sunday. Um, they ended up winning 1-0 with a well-worked goal from uh, from Pessina. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was um Italy going into this game hoping to equal
1: their best unbeaten run ever, which happened almost a century ago. And... They actually ended up doing it with this brilliant play that started out from a player who
0: actually was not even included yeah. in Italy's plans. He was yeah, originally. What do yeah. you think about that? Yeah, Marco Verratti. Marco. was injured at the beginning of the tournament. We, you know, we were wondering where he was. If Italy were gonna maintain the high level they've had, um, are these backup players ready? Um, we've shown they've shown plenty of times throughout this tournament that everyone is. At the highest level on this italian team and then marco Verratti comes in and makes it all better yeah and just improves the team beyond what they already were good at
1: he was probably the player that you thought of the most but there was there was a few others you know i think of Barella also and this game really put it all out there with with a total of 11 changes including subs so the entire team was completely altered and they still were able to play that Same way that we noticed from the very first minute. This Mancini Mm. side is unstoppable.
0: Yeah, they're really good. I mean, that's all I can really say. They're well drilled. Yeah, there's not much to say. They, you know, their starting lineup performs well. But really the mark of a top team is when your bench can come in, make as many changes as, as were had in this game. Eight changes at the start, at the first whistle. And in the end, a total overhaul of the team completely new team finished the game and they kept that same intensity maybe lacking a little bit of quality but that's to be expected but the overall heart of the team was still there and that's something you have to appreciate with this italian team lots of respect yeah big and that's something that like we mentioned last episode uh uh
1: if you if you were with us uh you these teams that expect to make runs all the way in sometimes don't have the very important piece which is that every single player on that roster top to bottom has to perform at their highest level and that's mm-hmm. what Italy's yep. doing and Switzerland uh, the other team in this group uh, that is also going on with Wales who, who actually were able to uh, to keep their second the second place, that spot. Second place yeah. spot exactly Switzerland were able to beat Turkey, Uh, convincingly
0: convincingly just dominated them three to one Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah you'd expect turkey to at least mount some sort of effort they scored one goal but really it was consolation it meant nothing yeah Um, the only thing it really did was cement them as not the worst team statistically in this tournament agreed Uh, i believe that honor goes to north macedonia sadly unfortunately but um at the end of the day
1: like Shakiri, just like what we said last time Shakiri needs to be playing at his highest level for the Switzerland team to be able to make an impact and today he was or that day he was he scored a brace and overall just trampled that team and we're able to grab that spot and now we're looking at uh, some interesting matchups going forward for them
0: yeah there's definitely some good matchups happening in this round of 16s specifically for group a we're seeing Italy play Austria um, not much there. We should see Italy continue their domination, especially with Verratti back. I don't know who he's going to replace, but I feel like he has to start for that game. What do you think? Uh, for me, I think that uh, anybody who comes in for that team, whether it's
1: Verratti, whether it's not, I ch- I trust that Mancini is going to make the right call at the end of the day. Verratti just has that specific class that you think might play well off of guys like Immobile. Might, might provide for Locatelli and even create interesting issues for the defense interesting issues for alaba who i mean he we have to mention he just you can't underestimate him as a defender so italy really need to pull out that guy like somebody like Verratti, or maybe if it's not Verratti, Mm -hmm. maybe push just higher up the field a little bit in the midfield and i think they'll they'll definitely take care of this for sure
0: but it's like it's just that Verratti is i feel like he's one of a few world class players on this italian team there's so many good um group work uh components to this italian team but verati is really that next level player yeah he's the guy that you can pick out from mm-hmm. from the list and say oh
1: wow that that's a player right there this even, is yeah. a
0: deep run champions league player yeah even he he's just up there i, I think he does need to start but in the end like you said. You, you, got, you trust Mancini. I mean, He's that type of manager that I mean. you trust. And we don't see that a lot in the international stage. Um, personally, I'm very critical of international managers. But Mancini has really blown me away in qualifications and in matches before during this unbeaten run. Um, I, I just trust him. Whatever he puts out, he could put out, you know, he could drop everyone and change the whole team. I'll be fine with it because that's what Mancini thinks is the right decision and right now every decision he makes is a good one and he's on a hot streak so yeah i mean sitting in
1: um finishing this group with the highest goal uh goals scored as a team compared to any other team in the group stages this is a this is the team to to beat for sure
0: yeah this is the team to beat i don't know if anyone's gonna do it um it's gonna be tough we'll have to see what happens they're gonna have to meet um France on the way to the finals if it becomes mm. that way. So there's going to be some great matchups in this tournament. You know if it the, the bracket's going to shape up like that if they both win their matches. So we might see a really fiery semifinal. Yeah, if that
1: plays out. If if that plays out and we see France come up against this Italy team, we saw that France. Um, we saw that France can bleed a little bit. Uh, yeah. Throughout these group stages. They
0: they, they are pro- They can be prone to mistakes. They can, you know, not play at their highest level. Yeah, definitely. That, that's true. Two draws in their group. One to Hungary. That was ended 1-1. Shocking. That was, yeah, very surprising. But really, Hungary deserves the 1-1. Yeah. They um, they've been is. working really hard. They'd move on, I think, in any other group in this tournament. So it's, it's disappointing to see them go. Um, but three really good teams are moving on from that group. But let, let, let's continue talking about France. So they drew to Hungary one-one, and um, you know, just the other day they drew to Portugal two-to-two two, in a wild showcase. Yeah. Three penalties, never seen before in a Euros match. I joked, yeah, I joked that uh,
1: it was a little La Liga preview, <laughs> considering the game was brought to us by ESPN. But
0: yeah, it was—it was just shocking. And it was ref by a La Liga ref as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, I
0: actually. A didn't notorious even know that. one at that. Oh yeah. Yes. I mean, there you go. I don't think he's too popular. I thought he refed a good game earlier in the group stage, but... He's a La Liga ref. There was so. some interesting things happening in that france have been, could game. Could have been Barca-Madrid if he
1: squinted.
0: Yeah, that penalty awarded to France for Mbappe's fall. I just... I don't know where they get the idea. Fair enough. The ref calls it. Yeah. But you have to call that back with VAR, right? I mean, you know, we listen to uh, uh, to Mark Klattenberg, a very esteemed Premier League
1: ref, a lot, and I think something that was interestingly mentioned in the broadcast was that you go back. That was actually the second penalty given in that game, right? Mm-hmm. The first one was was given very fairly by quite a quite a rash challenge from Hugo Lloris. Yeah,
0: just socked him in the face.
1: Yeah, he. I mean, just out of nowhere, <laughs> uh, completely lack of control. That's just a tip. That's just a classic penalty.
0: I thought that was a great call. because yeah. Goalies are protected so much. So it's not in like, soccer. Yeah. It was refreshing to see a consequence for for a goalie's actions.
1: Yeah, and then a good response too from Danilo because obviously the head, um, the area above the shoulder is always kind of dangerous. But going back to the that idea that that was the second penalty that was called the the one that we don't um, I think as a group we don't we don't believe was necessarily a, a penalty, penalty. Uh, but. As the second call, after that one was given, the France players seemed to surround the ref. Did you notice that? And kind of give him, like, we saw Pogba, and then we saw Conte kind of just give him a little hard time, give him a little reminder. I think psychologically, because people forget that referees are human beings at the end of the day. You think that the second call might have just been, like, a concession, almost just to even, just to make it fair, quote-unquote. Because penalties always seem to be a little bit um, unfair, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mbappe, I think he falls like a sack of potatoes. I think he is looking for it once he feels Sumedo near him. I think, I mean, this is not foreign to Mbappe. He knows, you know, we've seen him do this before. You can't blame him too much. You know, he's trying to win the game for his team. Mm -hmm. You got to blame VAR. It's their job. Whoever's behind VAR needs to check themselves. I don't know who's organizing these things, but they need to step it up. We haven't really seen bad decisions happen in this tournament so far. Um, there was a close offside in the Belgium game that riled up, um, yeah. you know, a few people. Which fair enough, it was a close offside call, but it was a you close offside in this game as well. Yeah, but on. this was a subjective, you know, a call from the ref that you know it, it it's it was wrong. I think, um, but you know we move on. Portugal still qualified. You know, no damage was really done. No yeah I mean you look at you look at the scoreline if if you hadn't watched that game
1: a two to two scoreline even though France is France looking back it's not something that shocking I mean you have Cristiano Ronaldo the the sole top scorer of this tournament sure they were two penalties today and the Pinaldo the Pinaldo (laughs) sounds will ring but I mean he's definitely putting on a show and he's putting in the work he's hustling
0: he's you know, I, I think the guys around him aren't giving him service. I think Jota shouldn't see the field um, in the next game. Uh, they play Belgium on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think Jota should not see the pitch. I think it he just doesn't move the ball well enough around. He's great in the final third, but but he's just too selfish with the ball for this Portugal team. They need to work together. They need to, you know, give balls to Ronaldo, give balls... Um, in good places. Really? I think you can't you can't take it on to yourself, right? In this team. Never. they are yeah. good enough players that you can share the ball and and good things will come.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's something like a lot of these teams that I think Portugal started out kind of this decade as oh, it's just that it's one of those teams where you have kind of run of the mill um work workmen type players with and all-star Cristiano with Ronaldo, Ronaldo
0: with Bruno these
1: luxury players now now you're seeing yeah so now you're seeing these names and you might think oh this is a team oh that competes with the best of them which technically on paper they still should but at the end of the day when you look at the players it's Jota a guy who came off the bench most of the time for Liverpool
0: mm-hmm. he it's, got
1: injured during the season he but... did get injured but that's just what happened you know, at the end of the day yeah. and then Bruno you look at a guy like Bruno who doesn't get a lot of touches in in the game you would
0: think he does the, the his reputation yeah for united he you, didn't. you yeah. expect a player like bruno to be heavily involved but really he he shines bright really quick during matches and he and, disappears during. And, the- and sometimes that you know that shine doesn't come sometimes it usually it does um but we've seen during big games that we're not seeing that shine from bruno what do you think bruno how do you think bruno would have affected this game you know, I don't know. His 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 work rate is is not too bad. His you know, he can obviously create chances. We've seen that so much from him. But I think it was a fair decision to put him on the bench. I think as much as we bash Fernando Santos, the Portuguese manager, I think he made the right call here. A player was underperforming. It was two matches already that he's gone under the radar. I think you need to make these cutthroat decisions at the international stage at these big tournaments where there's no room for error, you know, the, the, and that, that's things that we're seeing other managers unable to do. And as much as we're disappointed with Fernando Santos, tactics, um, I think he, he plays a little too conservative for his personnel. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. But he made a right call, I think, um, yeah. in that case. And, and that leads us to another manager. Yes. Gareth Southgate, manager of England. Wow, the manager. Yeah, might a say. lot of stuff going around about him, um, but Something. but we can lead between that. Um, Fernando Santos makes the right call, I think, dropping Bruno, reminding him what he needs to do to make this club or make this country succeed in the tournament. I think England are struggling with that. I think Gareth Southgate has been vocal about his support uh for his players that are starting um he's been quoted saying that Harry Kane is nailed on that Declan Rice is is crucially important for the the structure of this team he's he's creating players um situations that they might feel comfortable they might not feel threatened in their position and I think that ends up being an overall detriment to their team yeah England
1: and with England playing Scotland and drawing, all the attention, all all the media scrutiny is always going to go down on the, on the lineup that he chose and the mistake that he made. I, I feel like almost factually speaking, it was just an error to replace
0: a very successful Trippier and even Walker. Yeah, he f- yeah he he f- replaced both fullbacks. Um, well, really wing backs because they play with the back three, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah. those are two key attacking components, you know. You Liverpool, you have Robbo and Trent. Yeah. Um, you know, at these big clubs, these wingbacks have gone. Um, you know, they've had, they've become very important to their teams, and to replace both of them in, in an important game like like against Scotland is yeah, yeah, it's puzzling.
1: Yeah, I mean, just barely speaking like. A bad decision in my opinion almost woeful almost lost
0: almost drew them the game Mm -hmm.
1: in a lot of ways
0: yeah and and then later on that was the second match of the group stages that was last friday Mm -hmm. um but most recently they they went on to play their last match of the group stage against czech republic and we did see changes yeah good changes sadly those changes were forced upon his hand through contact with a covid ridden billy gilmore um Mason Mount and Ben Chilwell had to be dropped. Mm-hmm. Sokka likely, uh, you know, did he start because of um, Foden's underperformance or Mason Mount's being dropped from the team for COVID restrictions? I don't know. But it seems like these changes might have been forced on his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still give him props for giving a chance to Sokka and starting Grealish. Those were great mm-hmm. decisions. I just hope that we see those guys again because they deserve their spot and hopefully he doesn't revert back to his trusty lineup that he doesn't want to change because of, I don't know, what reasons that he sticks with the same lineup but like we said, you have to be cutthroat Mm -hmm. Um, and we see two players come into this game against Czech Republic and really put on a show. I think Grealish and Saka were the best players on the field. Um, Saka got man of the match deservedly, his third man of the match in five appearances for England or five starts. These guys have to play in the round of sixteen, right? You know, I going back to the point that
1: you made a little bit earlier about um, about Gaz uh, Gaz Southgate. I I show a lot of sympathy with him in a lot of ways because this this is a guy who is in charge of the team at the center of attention whether whether he wants it or not and we know he doesn't but this is a team that has quality top to bottom i don't buy that everyone says oh this is the youngest team this was the youngest team england had ever put out in a major tournament mm-hmm. but i don't buy that this is an inexperienced team no they
0: have experience these players play at the highest 100%. level 100% so that's champions not a champions league excuse. winners um you know premier league centenarians 100 point season for man city yeah. these players have played at the top of their games. They're well-experienced.
1: Yeah, I frankly don't care that, that yeah. they haven't played in a major tournament together or at all, really, because of how high they play in their clubs. And with that in mind, these players on this lineup, these players exist on this lineup everywhere. So there's always going to be, you know, naysayers saying, oh, why didn't you play Jadon Sancho over Sterling? Look at Sterling. He's already he's already bagged uh, a couple goals. A couple goals, so, yeah there there is some sympathy there to be had where now i think the biggest test can be monitored with southgate and he's failed this before Mm -hmm. for example with with the fullbacks in the scotland game is okay you made good decisions you made your own decisions i mean at the end of the day he's the guy who put the lineup out there so he he should be proud that soccer Turned out to be the best player on the field mm-hmm. because he, and Grealish, he put him out. That Grealish created the goal, no doubt. You know, high was energy was probably the second best player on the exactly. field. Exactly. So what he needs to do is 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 batten up his britches. and for for that um, round of sixteen game, he needs to start both of those guys if he wants any chance. In my opinion, mm-hmm. any chance.
0: Yeah, I I mean, as as good as Foden is. He's a luxury player. He's not a guy who's going to yeah. workhorse the defense. You know, he plays for a Man City team that frankly doesn't need him to track back. Um, Saka, experience at um, at fullback for Arsenal, experience in the midfield. He's He's so well versed in every position. He can defend against a team like Germany, who they're playing in the round of 16s, and really work hard on both ends of the pitch. Yeah. Um and and Grealish as well while he might not be um the defensive um piece mm. but he's just so good yeah. as a player. I it's unbelievable. Rate him so much. Yeah,
1: I rate him so much. He's just unbelievable. One of the top top players in, in the Premier League and this is I I said um I said before the tournament that this is this has to be Grealish's tournament because he's on such such good form. And he's he's proven himself in, in a relatively short amount of time today or the yeah, other day. With he
0: England. has been fantastic. I'd say there's an argument between him and De Bruyne as the best. You know, chance creating, Talent, ball carrying, talents, yeah. While De Bruyne beats him on on chance creation. Grilish's ball retention, ball control, close dribbling is, you know, it's something to be um, looking out for during matches. Some like a spectacle. Yeah. Like, watching Grealish on the ball is an event in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something we want to see. That's something that should be seen. Mm-hmm. You know, he. I think he's better than Jadon Sancho. I think Easily. he's... I mean, Sterling has his place in the team. He's kind of roaming. Yeah. So I wouldn't put him in the conversation. But really, that left-wing spot should be between Grealish and Sancho. And it should go to Grealish. Yeah, 100%. And just really quickly, uh, talking
1: about uh, teams that are coming out of Group T... I think a team to watch that that I always enjoy taking a look at is Croatia and ha- having also one of those players that one of those players of the caliber that you mentioned of the De Bruyne's and I think Grealish is a fantastic distributor even though he plays on the wing but I mean Modric and and that finish was unbelievable. Oh my
0: yeah that was An fantastic. I think yeah. Modric has is a top player has always been a top player. I mean Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah. Uh Luka Modric he is now the youngest and oldest player to score for this national team. That's a generational talent right there. First goal at twenty two. Now what is he thirty seven? Yeah, he's he's
1: there. 30, entire... 35
0: or thirty seven. He's he's incredible. He is Croatia.
1: Yeah. Just call it Modric. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I mean, that's an interesting, um, and I and I actually want to ask your perspective on on what you, whether you think that Croatia has a chance going forward because. Croatia's at risk of being like one of those teams like oh Poland like you know this is a team that you know with Poland for example um it's just Lewandowski Mo- Modric is in a position where it's not just him they're not as good as they were in
0: 2018 No they're me. aging they're we they lost uh, their top striker Mario Mandzukic brilliant player but mm. i mean they
1: still have have decent players i mean the player that has to perform in my opinion in order for Croatia to go deep is and whether they can go deep, it still remains to be seen. But it has to be Perisic mm-hmm. to give Modric that that freedom to have an option going forward. Yeah, maybe and on the wing.
0: push players away from each other, drag yeah. players off, make you know give each other space. That Poland team, you know, you know, sort of like a one man team. You know, Modric with Croatia, um, he needs those guys to perform, or else, like you said, they'll become a Poland type where their best player gets hounded by the defense and can't do much. Yeah. Um, I mean, while Lewand does incredible things, he's just that good. Yeah. But he could be even better if he was given the space by other good players taking men off of him. Mm-hmm. And, like,
1: I mean, with Poland, n- no knock to them over their last finish. They didn't go out like like I expected them to. No, they get, They went out fighting. They yeah. went out
0: with a good idea, with heart, with courage. against yeah, Sweden. Yeah. It was respectable uh, from them. While they end up losing the game... Um, it was basically a draw until they realized they had to win, went all out you know all out on the attack and, and ended up conceding a goal. Um, really just you know a random goal in the 91st minute as they're attacking. so yeah I, I take it as you know it was a loss, but it didn't feel like too bad of a loss. Obviously they're knocked out, but like, it was a respectable performance. I agree
1: yeah yeah and against the first place team in that group nonetheless yeah there move. you go <laughs> i mean that's that that's the excuse right there <laughs> yeah you know you can't expect poland to to beat the first place team but i mean that is a sport you know it can happen and it almost did Lewan mm. Lewan had a
0: miss oh that hit my. the bar yeah that's early on yeah that's and, and he had a few other chances like yeah there were moments that poland could have taken this game yeah agreed and agreed. you know olsen and goal for sweden wasn't you know yeah, wasn't was, doing much to stop them Mm-hmm. They were really at the mercy. He was really at the mercy of Lewandowski. Yeah, a lot. Of, actually, a lot of howlers
1: ever since we've last come on air. I think. Yeah, I think I don't know if we
0: mentioned it or not, but in in last week's episode, I was you know raving about the goalies. They were you know Herdecki, Olsen. Olson. Um, Olsen had great performance had a great performance. We saw some great goalkeeping performance. Don Ruma's just just sheets. having tea in the in the goal. Yeah. Like, don't I mean, even worry about it. At the end of the day, it. he's
1: gonna be happy with with that. With mm. his um, his clean sheet record and just overall, yeah. If you don't look too closely, you squint a little bit because
0: he's he's on his iPhone back there. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah. So the the goalies have been, you know, they've lost their form a little bit. Yeah. Um, we I don't know if we want to talk about some forbidden um we have to we have things to. i i feel bad like i feel sick looking you know thinking about that the people want to know
1: i mean he decided to be a setter uh in volleyball <laughs> for a second maybe he thought he could go pro when he was younger but oh he thought that the, the chance was now
0: i mean he dunked it in <laughs> like that is not i don't think that's the form that you do when yeah, you're yeah. trying to clear a ball over the bar i think two hands solid, you know, push it over. Yeah. Um, you could argue the sun was in his eye, I noticed a little bit. Yeah. But come on. Yeah, I mean, with Dubrovka too, I mean, if you look at, um, it wasn't
1: the only mistake he made that game either. And I mean, such is the life of a goalkeeper. You know, um, David De Gea is, is someone that I think of a lot of, just someone who goes in and out of form. And, and Dubrovka is, is a guy whose his, his number one position at Newcastle is being threatened right now and who I mean, by Darlo, yeah yeah and just the psychology of not only having to be in a position where you have to be so calm and composed every time not to defend necessarily um the the awful kind of um volleyball moment that he had but just just understanding uh understanding how how it's possible that all these keepers are all of a sudden messing up it's just it's a mind game and it happens i mean Morata's in a mind game of his own. Every every player kind of goes through it. Mm-hmm. But goalkeepers, I think, most of all.
0: Yeah, I think he should have done better on the... I believe it was the Laporte header. Yeah. Um, I think he could have done better there. He was out of position. Yeah. Um, it was a good set piece. It was. But it was just... You know, it was a tough performance for goalies in general. Um, this, this sadly, Morata did not get the rub of the green in these bad goalie performances. <laughs> um, you know man's missed the penalty now. I don't know what that does for your confidence. When
1: I first saw the missed penalty in the 12th minute in a must win game for the Spanish national team, I I almost erupted in, in a sound that was almost <laughs> half I created a new sound. It was like half half tears, like, ah, half no. laughter, all confusion. <laughs> and yeah. I mean And even at the end of the game, it was a little less. It was more, I put on my kind of, our analysis kind of hat. And Morata didn't score in a game that ended 5-0. game.
0: How? It's just, I mean, Laporte scored. Pau Torres basically scored, forced the own goal. Like, it was a free-for-all. It was all-you-can-eat buffet. Laporte, yeah. I don't even know what's going on with Morata. I mean, I do know what's going on with Morata. He's... He's a bad player he's he's not a good finisher he's not an international i mean he's the not the best spanish striker he's not you know he's he's not a good striker
1: it's almost the opposite of a guy like we just finished talking about like Lewan. he he has so much um distribution even this this game this last game that spain finally were able to make Break an through, impact and, yeah. and make make the round of 16s basically you know you had um Yes, Sergio Busquets coming back in. These are guys in Rodri even coming out. They were supplying him the entire time all of this these games. Like what do you think like and is it you time know, to get him? I don't rid
0: of him? I don't use that word lightly. Yeah. You know, I I don't call players bad. You know, there is a very exclusive list of players that I consider bad footballers. Um name one. Morata. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Morata just is the captain of that team and not because That's he's bad saying. like he's a professional like he's the best one of the best in the world at what he does playing football but in his area what we expect of him relative to what we get of him the disparity is too much mm-hmm. um this man has one of the highest accumulated transfer fees of all time he is a you know, went for seventy million roughly to Chelsea, and then back to Juventus, and you know has been all over Europe, and has never proven himself. Maybe in his first stint at Juve, yeah, um, a um, little bit at Real Madrid, but not enough to consider himself like a world class striker. Um, I don't know what he's doing on the Spanish team. Yeah, it's one of those things. I, I, I'm. I'm. you're dropping him i mean it's tough at this stage i would have dropped him before the tournament started
1: (laughs) me too me too but it it comes to this point where okay you've gone these three games you've placed Murata up there is it is it possible for spain to make that shake up make that adjustment in training and then still get a result in the round of 16s in the quarterfinals you would say no probably
0: yeah and and they play croatia right who is a good team we were just who is going to who's going to defend well they're not going to fall apart like we saw Slovakia do no they're well coached
1: um, croatia is one of the most well coached
0: teams of yeah, this time yeah they they're not going to go down easy um, and really you're you're impotent so often and then you win a 5-0 is is not you know something that's going to convince it. me yet um, there's still things to see about this spain team You know in their terms of finishing their chance creation the way they move the ball around the field both of those are top class world class one of the best ball movers you know that midfielder they're one of the best ball movers in the world watching them probe the midfield try to get into that final third was a pleasure i mean i'm not gonna bash the spanish team as a whole they're a good team but one you know, one bad apple is gonna spoil the whole bunch. Yeah, I mean, it's I personally, um, I will let let
1: the public know that I, in my personal private bracket or our group's kind of bracket challenge, I did have. I I will accept the the brunt of it that I got. I had Spain going to the finals, but in my respect, <laughs> in my defense, yes, let's a, hear this. Yeah. So, in my defense, I think this team kind of used a potion on me almost (laughs) Harry Potter style because this is a team that they play such quote-unquote Spanish football and we talked about Italy we loved we loved Italy going to this game because they play Italian football and I thought this is the team this was the team that was going to be able to play that quintessential low kind of effort passes around the box tire out the opponents and we saw that a little bit but there's just too many questions going forward that you know i'm looking a little bit shaky in my predictions Mm -hmm. right now especially against croatia especially against croatia yeah
0: that's not an easy fixture 100 um all right well let's take a short break uh we have a A a message from a sponsor for you guys real quick we'll be right back at you with some football analysis all right hang tight Looking for content, events to attend, and free concert tickets?
1: Follow us at Titan Radio on Instagram and Twitter to keep updated on what's happening with the station that brings you the music on campus.
0: And for those of you still on Facebook, we're there too. Interested in the film and television industry? How about the music, public relations, travel, and tourism industries? Then join Entertainment and Tourism Club, also known as ETC. With ETC, you'll get the opportunity to network with industry professionals, attend TV tapings and company tours, get the opportunity to work award shows, and so much more. You can find out more on our website at etccsuf.org, or follow us on social media at etccsuf. All right, we back.
1: We're back, like Buffon, uh, going back to his home his home club, finally,
0: at oh, 40-some years old. Feels good, feels good. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm going to have to stop Whoa. right here. Why? There's something that's been weighing on me. What's weighing on for you? For this whole tournament. Reached a peak in those Group F games. Portugal versus France, Germany versus Hungary. This is something that I am kind of over with. I cannot stand this third place going through, you know, this this third place going through mess. Let him have it. Keep going. I can't stand this. Where's the stakes? <laughs> yeah. There it's... are no more stakes in this, this group stage co- part of the competition. Um, you know, we're watching Portugal versus France and Germany versus Hungary side by side. France has already moved on. Portugal is in second place, but they risk going down to third. Normally you think they're going down to third. This is you know, this Clash is a must-win. Somebody's gonna fall. This, you know, who's gonna drop? France, Portugal, or Germany? This One is of the them group of has death. To. It's two goes through. This is the group of death. <laughs> and we look, and all three of them move on. France, Germany, and Portugal move on, leave Hungary in the dust. Yeah. Um, sad for them. But It happened. There were no stakes in this game. Portugal really was not, you know, threatened to get eliminated from this competition. Um, You know, we were looking at the game, you know, I was watching the game, nervous for them. I'm like, oh gosh, France just equalized. Okay, now Germany has equalized two to two. Like, what is going to happen to their chances? And then we look and like, even if they lost this game, they'd be on three points, With zero goal difference, that would be better than Slovakia and better than Ukraine. That's already puts them in as one of the third-place teams. And
1: Ukraine themselves went ahead also.
0: So really, if they didn't get thrashed um, by France, if, if they didn't get blown away, you know, they were safe. There was no worry coming into this game. They could have bunkered down for a draw. And settled for third place? That's just not even close to the drama, the stakes that we're looking for in a world-class football competition like the Euros. Yeah, look, in in my opinion, um, you know, with
1: this kind of coming on the brink, on the cusp of the situation with the uh the super league and the ramifications we're now seeing some of the punishments that some of the teams Mm -hmm. are getting and from my perspective you know UEFA had never been um out of guilt with relation to a lot of their practices um
0: Mm -hmm. and we talked about it with the scheduling of that Denmark game as well um after Ericsson's incident
1: well, I'm talking even not even this even just previously with regards to oh who who they've given um you know host host, host rights to the tournaments mm-hmm. and the money that's going around is just unbelievable. It's hard to comprehend even. So they've never been out of guilt and then you see something like the Super League happen like oh there's something worse going on. These are the real
0: James Bond villains. Mm-hmm. These club owners. But then we move on That to- was like Thanos came in when we're dealing with like Electro. <laughs> Basically, yeah. MCU versus <laughs> we're like Electro, so get new. out of here, bro. There's this freaking purple guy coming.
1: Yeah, there. I mean, like, we gotta stop this one. Just like those. But films. you're not in the clear. Yeah. Just you like know, those UFO, films. You're not in
0: the clear. But we gotta hang it. We gotta stop this guy first. Yeah, and just like those
1: films, there's levels. There's levels
0: to it. Thanos. I mean, Thanos
1: would never <laughs> even pick up Electro's FaceTime. Yeah. If he called him. <laughs> so we're looking at we're looking at the super league like whoa Thanos. And then, I mean, what they're doing with this whole tournament with this third place mumbo jumbo, they're creating good matchups. They're trying to create good matchups still, even though Germany necessarily wouldn't deserve to go through in, in our eyes. And Portugal, Portugal. And then looking at the fact that these teams are playing, half of these teams are playing most of their games in their
0: home stadiums. That's true also, as well. Yeah. I mean, I think Italy played their games in Rome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Turkey played their games in Baku, which was not in Turkey, but like, you know, close enough. Um, you know, yeah, a lot of the better teams were able to host their matches. Yeah, you're right. Italy. I mean, it,
1: it's the manufacturing aspect of the game that has kind of taken the conversation of a lot of people. And a lot of people are angry about with the Super League. And if UEFA is not careful, they seem, they seem to be the good guys, so to speak, in terms of they were on the right side before with regards to creating matchups and allowing good teams to survive in order to create better ratings Mm -hmm. but basically if you look at things macrocosmically that's what they're doing here yeah and it's something that uh will definitely kind of taint some of the better aspects of this tournament they
0: already made it easier for teams to qualify by expanding the number of teams yeah um they and now they're giving this third place thing uh you know as another safety net because we see big teams get knocked out of tournaments every time. Um, you know, when right? Spain won the World Cup in 2010, they got knocked out of the group stages in 2014. Germany, um, 2018 World Cup, uh, lost to Korea, and got knocked out of the group stages in third place. These big teams aren't good. You know, they're not going to get fourth place and get knocked out, you know, in, in a standard tournament format. They're going to get third place you know, barely miss it and get knocked out. And we're going to destroy them. For and it. we're going to talk about it. And it's going to be the biggest news of of the tournament. How did, you know, in this case, Portugal getting through. How did Portugal get knocked out? Like it was group of death, but they were one of the favorites. Yeah. You know, blah, 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 and this they look, and that. They're big narratives, big storylines that come with these eliminations and we're not getting those. And they look,
1: with regards to the entire um kind of the attention span that we have with the game the teams coming back from those types of situations tend to improve their sides also mm-hmm. so we're looking at an uncertain future because of the kind of invisible hands that are dictating things today because Portugal thinking going through now and say say losing losing out in the quarterfinals or even the semifinals
0: we're looking at and oh fair enough they play Belgium like that's yeah you know, that's a tough fixture they might not move round on from of that 16 right away. exactly. But they deserve to be eliminated. As much as I like Portugal, um, you know, as as much as I rate them very highly, there are, you know, there are consequences for not performing. Yeah, and they might not
1: feel those because they're gonna get out of the group. In my mm-hmm. opinion, they might make some mistakes later on. But you know, it's one of those things that that we have to talk about. But uh, you never know if if real change can happen. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We're still gonna be. Um, We'll we'll watch a little bit close. We'll watch the round of 16s a little bit more closely, and we're, we're smart enough to know that that a lot of these teams you know, they wouldn't have gone
0: through. Yeah, in a traditional format. And as as mad I, as I am about this, you know, this new format with the third place teams moving on, there are good matchups in this round. Of They're 16, amazing, my friend. There's some juicy, my friend. juicy fixtures here.
1: I don't know what you guys. I have tainted into the dark arts a little bit with regards to the Super League because in my mind I'm thinking this is bad but there's good I you see why some of them these matchups are what they are they want to see unite they want to see Barca Madrid play 30 times in a season <laughs> fine we're seeing
0: in this in this we're getting okay in this round of 16 some notable fixtures let's see. we got it. Belgium Portugal boom we got um croatia spain boom that's huge um Tactical maybe a little underrated fixture i think we'll see a very exciting game there from croatia especially england germany i that's that's gonna be you know incredible to watch um you know three huge fixtures you can even throw france switzerland in there as well um switzerland are a top top team I yeah think
1: they're if, great. if um if they talisman continues to
0: I think Brio perform. Mbolo has is a great player yeah. he he you know he's he's almost has that dribbling and strength X-factor. that you want to see from yeah. from these you know these big strikers these big forwards um so yeah I put Switzerland up there France Switzerland is going to be a big match too um so a lot of things to look out for in this round of 16 and I guess I mean really Portugal was the team that got saved um yeah. the big team that got saved there are some smaller teams um, that were able to move on. Switzerland also benefited from this, I guess, as as well. They got third place well, that would never happen in a normal formatting. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Switzerland, Ukraine, Czech Republic, but all all those teams, I'm definitely interested in seeing something from. Um, Switzerland, for example, they they have the top. Um, right now tied. Um, for the assists mark is is Steven Zuber, who's who's a Swiss midfielder, and then Pierre Emil Horiberg who. Hoiberg, the uh, guy who missed the penalty. Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham. I don't know. Sorry, actually, Tottenham <laughs> player. No, yeah, but alert. Uh, <laughs> Tottenham, uh, Tottenham skipper. Uh, he, uh, all those teams like um, Ukraine. Ukraine have some exciting players coached by one of the goats. That's a team that I want to watch, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll be able to see some good, good games in the round of six, round of sixteens. Um, but I mean, England Germany is one thing that I wanna specifically. I think dive that's into. something that we can really get into, yeah. There's so much at play. There's so much from both sides um, that will end up, you know, there's a lot of things that could end up making the difference, I think.
0: Um, Obvious things. Personnel that play. Yeah. How the managers approach the game. Mm-hmm. Two managers that have been under fire, Joachim Love and Gareth Southgate, both criticized for their player selection. Um, and their tactics, really. I yeah. mean, we know Rightfully. Joaquin Love has won them the World Cup, but you know it's cutthroat in the international manager yeah, world. The Spain manager. You the same you thing. cut them out if they're not performing, and, and he has not performed for the team. Um, but really, he he's put out a good lineup this this tournament.
1: Yeah, one thing. So like we were talking about those factors that could affect the game, and the lineups, like you were saying, matter, matter, matter for this matchup because. In my opinion, when we see the eleven from both of these sides, from both of these managers, we'll have a pretty good idea about how this game might go. Because a lot of those factors that we mentioned are actually personnel factors. Because look at Germany. Thomas Müller, is he injured? Is he not? Yeah. What's going on? I mean on? He, he subbed in, right? He
0: subbed in against Hungary. Was that just injury, maybe that was just to, to bring on up some match fitness? Which um, he did. Get bring. him used to the field, which was which is a great idea. He brought his fitness, he brought success to the
1: team leon gretzka is a player that I cannot you know uh, yeah alan you are really high on this guy i can't stop talking about how imposing how threatening he is believe you me um if if you haven't um personally been out on the pitch before um we both we both uh have some extensive playing um playing history and just when you pl- when you come up against players like that that are just not that we've played against Goretzka, but I mean, but there
0: you know there's a certain player identity that he has. He's this big, so scary. imposing midfielder who who can move the ball around extremely well. And it sits, um, it's like glue on on his feet. Yeah, he's someone you don't want to face up against. Um, you're gonna have trouble dispossessing him, and he's going to have from trouble Stopping him from what he wants to do, he can shoot outside you the box. You can't prepare for someone he, like He'll that. he'll do whatever he wants. It's up to him to do well. You're not you're really at his mercy.
1: Exactly, which is why then, for example, Goretzka doesn't get picked all the time mm-hmm. either, which befuddles me and confuses mm-hmm. me. And the lineups that um you know Joachim Low um poses, you know he he tried to throw in Werner, and he tried to do something interesting, and he took off Havertz. He needs to have guys like Havertz on the field, guys like Werner off the field. There's very specific things. And then looking at England, like we mentioned, the threat that Germany has, They soccer to
0: to you know batten down the defense a little bit. They need their best they eleven. They need yeah. They need their best eleven of current performers.
1: Yeah. Um, That's the only way they, they have a chance. I think
0: you can't go all out on the top and then batten down the hatches in the defense. Like you need a little bit of connection. Yeah. Between the two. Um, facets of the team the offense and the defense. Um I don't know I love Saka. He needs to play. <laughs> this guy we transformed started, the English yeah. te- this England team was boring. <laughs> boring, I tell you. And then Grealish and Saka come in. Saka basically starts the the offense. He takes a ball from England's own half, dribbles all the way to the final third. Um Sends the ball overshoots the cross a little, but it gets to the, um, it gets to an Englishman. Um, ball moves around a little bit. Grealish gets it, sends a perfect ball to Sterling. I mean, the, this goal would never have happened without um, Saka and Grealish. Um, Kane does well in the hold up to keep the ball alive. Um, you know, Sterling of course finishes it with a great header. Um, you know, a guy of that stature getting free headers, like, amazing. The, his off-ball movement is fantastic. Yeah, I think. Um, um... But this goal was, you know, it was incepted by Saka. He, he started the move in a way that I feel like none of the other players are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, he was just one of the components. Everyone did well in the goal. But I feel like him and Griosh had the biggest hands in creating the chance yeah I think I think what's interesting about this
1: this matchup is the fact that those it's important for those things to be right from the managers because these are two teams that have weak spots mm-hmm. um, compared to the other top teams. But even with all those aside, assume all those lineup picks are as we mentioned them, which they all can be. We didn't give any contrasting opinions. Um, the full back choices are pretty obvious from Southgate. you know he has to play um, Trippier. And, and Walker, and Walker, in my opinion. But importantly, all those things could be tainted if someone like Sané doesn't have a good game, which we, we have seen glimpses of. of yeah, he, he didn't
0: play well against Hungary. Um, he, he, he didn't seem at his level. Sané, I would argue, Nabri and then Kane for England. Yeah. You know, it's such a tough topic. And, like, I don't want to, you know, as an Arsenal man... I don't want to feel like uh, I'm unfairly bashing him. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think he, you, you are... You know, in, he's you are a in. great player. He could still turn it up, just
1: like Sané. Mm-hmm. But he is on... He possibly has hit his worst form for England at such a bad time. Mm-hmm. Because he's played so well previously. Um,
0: yeah, I think he lacks... He's lacking the intensity um, to keep up with, with, the, with the ball movement. He... You know, maybe it's Southgate's instructions telling him to come and receive the ball. I see him I saw him one time in line with the, you know, the the center backs receiving a ball. Yeah, I saw that too. You're telling me Declan Rice can't do that? Can't, you know, step up there and grab the ball and move the ball forward to a Harry Kane that's prowling in the box. Why is he leaving, you know, the the top of the field, coming all the way back to receive the ball? This isn't Tottenham. This isn't a place where he feels that he needs to be the top goal scorer and the top assister of this tournament. This is a place where Harry Kane can be a poacher, yeah. where he can be a finisher. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what he's doing. He might be taking on too many responsibilities, but he just hasn't been up there. I think I think you're right in that his form is just,
1: is just a, a woeful as of late. And that, that, yeah, going back, I mean, you know, top players, poachers, like you mentioned, have a tendency when they're not. Um, quite given the service that they expect or want to kind of start they've to...
0: come down we've seen Zlatan Ibrahimovic Zlatan is the
1: perfect example of one of the best players uh, yeah, I've ever seen I've seen it seen happen
0: him. with him uh, with Sweden
1: yeah and United um, uh, previously oh yes yeah, so yeah United. probably Galaxy but we, we didn't watch a lot of those games unfortunately but um, but yeah I mean we'll see I think where one important aspect is that Kane can always be that guy he can always
0: yeah and clip. I think he should start I don't think he should be dropped. I think he should get one more chance. If he doesn't prove he it against click. Germany, I think then um, you should start asking yeah. questions about him dropping. You know, he's not he's not missing like Morata is, you know, for example. And Yeah.
1: It'll be an interesting one. We will be we'll have our popcorn ready. And Yeah, that's going to be a great fixture. Um The Belgian fixture is well. England
0: versus Germany, Tuesday, uh, June 29th. When's the Belgium fixture? Belgium Fixture is going to be, I think we mentioned Sunday. Belgium this Sunday, Sunday on the 27th. But yeah, so those are some key games to look at. Guys, check them out. You know, ask yourselves questions. Um, try let to analyze us, the games. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts. We're going to open a Twitter account. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get to you guys on that um, probably next week. Um, but yeah, that wraps up this episode of Fullerton FC. Uh, we hope you enjoyed what you heard um check us out on spotify as well we'll have some extra things um you know i want to build something up for the the fantasy Premier league season as well as we shift on from the euros to that yeah um so keep on the lookout for that um but yeah guys enjoy your weeks enjoy the football copa america is there too a lot of things are happening right now things are exciting all right we'll see you guys later yeah see ya.